It's a long Q. Licking a Q. Q is the best. <laughs> Q tip. The letter. Yeah. Calic. Or the Q tip. What you put stuff in to wait. Didn't get that at all. Nothing. You getting nope. out from you, Lauren? Nope. Like a Q. Denied. Hey, put that in my Q. To line to Q up. Well, yeah, or for later. All of it. All of it's good. All Qs. All of it. Yes. What is a quiche? What is the quince? Seriously, <laughs> white man can't jump. Seriously? Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, Passenger 57, motherfucker. Nothing? Lauren? Are you looking at Tinder? Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 33. We're coming to you from the Stude at 25.8 Studios in Scranton. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. <laughs> I'm Lauren Carolico, and I just had to look up the part of the turkey that the neck, the neck part of the turkey, it's called a waddle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Mark from 25.8. I don't have a waddle. <laughs> You are such a I'm goober. Just, I think I'm trapped in here. <laughs> Jesus. And we have uh, we have two very uh, special guests, non related to turkeys or <laughs> any sort of parts of the turkeys. Uh, we have uh, Jess Mione and Alicia Kulik. Hi guys. Hey. Hi. <laughs> That's weird. Hello. Did you, Hello. Do you want to do a take two? <laughs> Hi guys. Hey Mark, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Best podcast ever. Alrighty, that's it. We're done. <laughs> that's it. Moving on. See, it made a noise. Tur- told you. I heard it that okay. time. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah, we're we're talking about the the turkey video that uh, Mark shot that we we posted on Facebook uh, the other day, which was hysterical. Right place, right time, man. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there was a uh, wild turkey just running around Scranton for no good reason. So. <laughs> I'm assuming that's the noise that they make. Right. <laughs> well, uh, we're here to talk about uh, Girls' Night at Ale Mary's and feminism and other really cool stuff. Um, it's going to be a really cool show. Uh, first up, we'll just talk about uh, quickly some stuff on the site. Uh Thank you to everybody who uh, nominated us for uh, the Steamtown Music Awards. That's really, really cool. Uh, NEPA Scene is up for uh, the, the best local uh, music publication, um, even though we are more That's than music, cool. but it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, I'm, in, uh, hey, I'm, man. I'm in the running with uh, some really great journalists who are in the area. Uh, they're all awesome. So you Just know, so I'm, you know, Red Lobster is more than just lobster. Yes. So. <laughs> they That's have and biscuits. Okay, they, they do. So I love uh, I, I love that they they have have recognized uh, journalists in general. It's really cool because you know uh, most awards things, especially when it comes to music and stuff like that. You know, it's the uh, the the musicians, of course, are are you know the ones in front and everything. But there's a lot of people behind the scenes that you know make stuff happen. So it's really cool that. Um, they're recognizing some of the, the journalists and stuff. And uh, the Stude is also in the running for best recording the studio. How about that? That's pretty badass. Well, I think there's only five <laughs> in the area. Well, that the thing is, is people had to nominate you in the first place. So somebody out there thinks the Stude's pretty awesome. Well, I didn't mean to do it all those times, but <laughs> I do think, I think the Stude does incredibly good work. And I think Angelo and Jimmy are fantastic. 
and I speaking on behalf of them I know that we talked about it they're really uh, honored humbled and confused <laughs> they have a talent with their dynamic range they definitely do they do I, I can yes. just sit in there and listen yeah it's like watching a full band in one person yeah. it's really amazing thanks for in- interjecting that Lauren you're welcome thank you should we talk like we like that all night thank you Lauren very well Mark okay good is this NPR? It is. It's a it is. Thank you. It's a breath of cool air. <laughs> <laughs> so as not to be. In Please don't sue us. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't say it. I, yes. I said something else. Okay. Continue. <laughs> uh, we posted the uh, results of the uh, latest uh, hashtag NEPA challenge from Cole Creative, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's this neat thing where uh, uh, Cole Creative is a uh, creative marketing company in Wilkes-Barre. And um, they have a group on Facebook called uh, NEPA Influencers um, that you can join. And uh, essentially, they put out a challenge. I think it's at least once a week or so. And uh, the, the challenge is, is different each time. Uh, this, this particular time, it was uh, to draw something that reminds you of Northeast PA. Uh, use the hashtag NEPA challenge, and then you, you post it on, on social media. And it's just a way to uh, talk positively about the area and to kind of change the narrative a little bit because uh, essentially all you hear about Northeast PA, especially lately, is like, you know, shootings and potholes and just everything that's wrong with uh, the area. And there's, there's so much more to us than that. And so uh, this is kind of a way for people to, you know, change that and talk about something new for once. And uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. The results were really cool. There was over 30 people that submitted this time. So, and the drawings were all different kinds. Uh, you know, some were on napkins and stuff, and some were like really detailed. Uh, uh, one, uh, one, content, uh, one person couldn't draw, so she crocheted uh, a little pierogi which, with a oh. face, which was pretty amazing. <laughs> so a lot of really cool stuff on there. Lauren, were you going to say something? I was going to say, well, you mentioned the potholes, and I had to thank whoever is actually working on the road crew on Harrison Avenue for <laughs> finally getting to the nitty-gritty of actually fixing that road. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, whoever, who, whoever's working on that road. God love you. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> well, and they're, they're finally, uh, uh, Route 6 is finally getting some, uh, some, some love, too, finally. They're, I mean, it's a mess to try and get through it, but, uh, but they are actually finally you know, paving all the way up to Dixon City and everything like that, which is nice. Look, it's Northeast PA. Everybody needs to get Nerf tires and stop complaining. Right? Seriously. <laughs> here we go. I actually had a serious discussion with my dad about the next set of tires I'm going to get because I live here. Nerf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with that. Nerf. And then you can shoot the PennDOT workers with Nerf guns. Yeah, if on you got way. one over by a Nerf tire, you'd be absolutely fine. I think they should make Nerf cars. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen? It's going to go back to shape? <laughs> I'm telling you. Soon. Soon. So here's a weird one. Gallagher is coming to oh the Kirby Center. I'm so excited for that. I was so he's gonna be like almost seventy or something. But like, yeah, he's to like see a seventy year old man smashing watermelons is like my dream. <laughs> you know what's weird though is is uh, you know one of our one of our readers pointed this out and and I I, I still like I, I read the article and I'm like I can't believe. Uh, maybe this is why he dropped off the face of the earth. Other than, I guess, there was some sort of... I know there was a, f- a very public fight with his brother for a while who was actually going out and performing as Gallagher also. What a dick. Yeah, which is, <laughs> is crazy. But he is a Gallagher. Right, he is a Gallagher. 
and I guess anyone can smash watermelons. So, you know, there you go. But he's become this like crazy neoconservative now. Oh. And uh, like Gallagher or the brother? Gallagher. Oh, boy. That's yeah. Like, kind of want to go now. He went nuts a few years ago, I guess. And now all his, his shows are about like how Obama is evil and like gays are disgusting homosexuals and they need to be wiped out and like crazy, crazy stuff. Like there was a, a, an article that I read that it was basically uh, uh, this. I don't know if you've read it. It's a, a paper in uh, Seattle called The Stranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really good paper. And uh, they did an article where they went to one of his shows and they said it was the weirdest, most uncomfortable thing because it was like this little club. And they said like the only people that enjoyed it were obviously like the, the crazy people who knew what they were in for. Wow. Everyone else is like sitting on pins and needles like when is this going to be over? So I'm like that really. Is he coming the Kirby? Yeah. So I wonder if he's, I would assume that maybe for something like that, he would probably cut that stuff out or tone it down or like do the the best of from the 70s no that's that's his art man any of the uh any of the crazy stuff that he does i don't know but yeah i guess he just goes off on these crazy like some really racist stuff uh because he hates obama so he goes off he goes off on that stuff and then he goes off on like uh you know all the foreigners that are terrorists that want to kill us and all this other kind of stuff so I, i don't know i don't know what to expect from that show so that'll be interesting either way, <laughs> whether it's it's just him smashing watermelons at 70 years old or uh, him uh, going completely berserk on stage. I don't yeah, know anybody that. who goes might want to wear some Kevlar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not, not just from the watermelons. No, uh, from the bullets. Yeah. Something slightly unrelated but also related. Uh, you know, Houdini actually performed down at the Ritz back in his day, but he also had a brother. That did, I think, the same thing. Really? Yeah. Yes. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> Who didn't die like he did. <laughs> uh, yeah. So did he continue on after he was dead, too? He figured, like, oh, now I can catch <laughs> Yeah, like, ah, this is real spooky. Sweet. I don't know what happened afterwards, but it was really interesting to know that, what was it, the 20s or the 30s? I forget. When Houdini died? Yeah. I think it was the 20s. But so just to think that like he performed at the Ritz downtown, yeah, the building is just like kind of creepy but awesome at the same time. Hey man, they're artists. They want to pl- they'll play wherever anybody anybody will pay for them to <laughs> well, play. Hey, if you don't make it in Scranton, you don't make it anywhere. That's what they used to say, anyway. Yes, Theodore yes. Hardeen. Yes, Theodore Hardeen. Yes, was his name. Interesting. Is that another part of a turkey? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. On Monday, it's Martha Stewart's birthday. Martha. I saw her recently up at Russell's in Scranton. Good for her. I know. <laughs> I saw. No, no. I saw. Let's not get off. I'm the guy, but um, about getting off topic. But I, uh, I saw a picture of her with like a whole bunch of rappers, and the caption underneath was "Guess which one has spent time in a federal prison?" Oh my god! <laughs> which I always, which I always thought was funny. That's great. <laughs> Out of everyone to go to prison, Martha Stewart. Right. Whatever. What was it? it uh, stocks? Wasn't she trading? Or something, something weird like that. Taxes. Was it taxes? There's a white collar crime. Yeah, I mean she. I mean, uh, you know, all the inmates there must have had really awesome arts and crafts classes. Well, I'm I'm Damn sure she was bit. probably in a very uh, white collar prison too. <laughs> she yeah, she wasn't in to, San Quentin. She was probably able to d- design her own uh, flooring and uh, curtains and the. Yeah, whole I don't think it was Orange is the New Black. I think she was all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy eyes wasn't like looking at. Her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have this IKEA bed. To the right. <laughs> so tell me okay. about this event you guys are having. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to bring in Martha Stewart to read all of her recipes. Yes. 
actually. But not tell how much. <laughs> you need clove. Um, <laughs> well, well. There, there's nothing more, you know, more women's rights when I think of, of interior design and, and cooking, right? I mean, exactly. those, are, those are like the top things, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, this... Wait, they're not? <laughs> this Friday... Uh, at 8 o'clock at Ale Mary's, we are going to be having a lineup of 12 women in the area doing comedy, poetry, and music. That's what it is. That's a, that's a real <laughs> elevator pitch. Girls Night. <laughs> so it, it's, it's uh, you know, obviously, uh, specifically, you know, geared towards women, but obviously it's open to anybody. Uh, you know, men and women can come. Yes. And uh, you know what? What, what is the uh, what was the inspiration for for doing something that uh, you know is is uh, you know uh, it, it, to have all the performers be women? Well, it was it was kind of two reasons. Um, one, in general, I felt like women weren't getting up to the mic enough, and I just didn't know why. And um, the second reason was uh, some women told me that they were being sexually harassed by some of the men uh, really? at open mics and after open mics. Whoa. Um, and it kind of like prompted me to decide to maybe there should be like a place where women could just like get up there and do their thing. You know, and that wasn't everybody. And it's not like at regular open mics, the guys are like, hey, women don't get on stage or anything. You know, it's it's the women's responsibility to get on stage and, you know, perform. That's totally up to her. Um, but... I don't know. I just saw that once you make something that says girls night, it kind of just, you know, it targets that demographic and they're like, oh, I kind of want to do that. So can I can I interject? Because I never No, Laren, we we don't all talk. You. (laughs) Yeah, I never talk about myself, but I would like to share something. Oh, my God. This is a big moment. Okay, this is great. For the record, I I hardly ever talk about myself on this podcast. (laughs) But uh, a million years ago before I moved here, I used to work in radio. And I produced a show back in the New York market uh, at a metal station. And my show was called No Man's Land. It focused completely on uh, female-fronted rock. That's awesome. So for three years, three and a half years, I did, I did a show where I had all these metal musicians. Actually, we crossed genres a lot. So it was metal, punk, uh, K-rock, K and j-pop and all these really crazy i had really crazy genres isn't j-pop japanese yes i actually i got i got a lot of international attention as well i learned how to call dial outside the country because of all the interviews i did uh to norway and finland one is the united states one is the united states yes i never had to call that though it's a shame but (laughs) my the impetus was in in metal in particular and i think in a lot of the arts uh the focus is very much the standard the standard is male fronted everything so to take the focus off i thought that we really needed a show that just brought all the females together for two hours every every week just to have those artists because they're severely underrepresented Mm -hmm. and you never ever ever talk about the female fronted metal artists especially Unless they're being objectified or, you know, they're on a poster or they're dressed down or whatever. You know, you know what I mean. They're objectified. And that's the reason that we're paying attention to them. Unless it's... Because they're objectified? That's in general. Or um, they did something wrong. Or right. Yeah. There's, there's usually... The only reason why we would really pay attention in mainstream is because of something that was uh, not necessarily just because of their talent. So having a venue or having an event like this or having a show or having just an outlet where it's just like, this is what we're going to do. It normalizes 
the fact that this is just what it's supposed to be. Because I'm I'm not your typical feminist. I know that that's no. one of the things we're going to be talking about. I'm not I'm not a gun I'm not personally a gung ho feminist. I have I have issues with the entire idea of feminism in particular. However, not being able to normalize just the idea of a woman being able to stand up and do their art without being heckled. That's absolutely absurd. And we absolutely need to turn the tables and do something different in order for that to be... Uh, so we have to say that's not, that's not okay. Right. And I mean, um, what I had explained in previous interviews was that sometimes, especially in comedy, you know, that's, sometimes that's the nature of the game. Like, you know, people play hardball, people heckle, and... Yeah, and I get that. And, and if you're a comedian, I'm not a comedian, but if I were, I would totally going into that. I would understand that. Um, I, I think it was mainly the things that would happen afterwards, such as like, you know, sending dick pics mm-hmm. and like just like and just saying like, you know, you're not a good enough comedian unless like you know, you go out with me or you have sex. Like just like really weird things that, and then that would make that female performer not want to get up on stage again because knowing that. Those men, not all men, but those men that had harassed some of my friends, she wouldn't want to get it back up. On Wait, stage. is that is that like good set? Here's a dick pic. They think it is, <laughs> and I know why. There's some a of those guys don't have girlfriends, though, because be, if if you are attracted to an uh, an artist because of their talent, like you might try to engage and flirt with them. But yeah, dick pics at least after you buy dinner or something. Completely, <laughs> it's a completely different thing to just say. Here's my genitalia. No, I don't. Well, what does that say? I, 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 <clears throat> I'm probably in this argument. I'm probably going to fall under the uh, stereotypical. Well, why? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of things, especially to, on this issue. Um, let's not get into feminism yet. Continue. Well, <laughs> you know, and I, know, I, I think my what shoe. you're saying is right. I mean, like, okay, if you're flirting with someone, you know. One thing leads to another, and it's mutual, virtual, whatever, whatever you have it. But it's one Ooh. thing to to say, like basically, if you don't have sex with me, if it goes to that point, and basically, yeah, but that's just a douchebag. It's that, that, uh, that is just a douchebag. It's that, yeah. fr- that that friend zone bullshit that you hear about, where it's it's like, okay, this person is not interested, so I've been put in the friend zone, and oh, blah 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 blah, and it turns into this this like you know this this really chauvinistic bullshit. Yeah, it's this like this weird male rejection thing, and I say specifically male just from my own experiences, because I don't know like a lot of women that have reacted that way. You guys might have heard they don't. Other stories, but it's always like you know it bruises their ego and whatever, and then I feel like that fuels their um, content for their performance. Like, yeah, this chick, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and seriously, I'm always like, you cannot have any other material. Like, I swear, I've, I feel like I've heard like the same material every single time. And I'm just like... like the, wait, like, wait, like the rejection material? Yes. Well, you know, maybe you're getting rejected for... Change your... Change yeah, your... For, ang- for, change for, how you're doing a, it. There might be a reason there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> might, the definition might, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. If you keep if you keep treating women like shit, <laughs> what do you expect to happen? Yeah. You know, instead of being like, hey, that was, a good, that was a good set. And I totally understand that, like, you know, even in just, you know, everyday open mics, dating is something that goes, you know, cross barriers and sure. like it's just something everybody can relate to I, I understand why it's brought up but when it just like gets to that point where it's just like it's not really funny anymore it's just kind of boring for one and degrading for two I don't know have you witnessed that at all 
Well, I mean, there's that there's that old thing where it, oh god, this is so b- bad. But you can't <laughs> like when it comes to men, like it's it's there's a different way to say it. But I'm going to say it like the PGest way I can. It's like you can't you can't sexually harass like the willing. Whereas in men, it's just very like if a girl's like, hey, nice. Whatever the guy's like, oh sweet. Not necessarily. <laughs> you know what I mean? You but you can't even expect that to be the case. Well, but- I mean, like men don't like you don't you don't really see a lot of men getting upset about being objectified. That's you know what not I mean? True. I know. I it, co- comparatively. Okay. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Right. You know, but like men are just totally different. And and going back to you know what you said, I mean, I've had discussions with this people people all the time, and and a man in my opinion, wants nothing more than what he can't have. And it's this weird, you know, you know, animalistic, you know, where you like, you get like, like nobody, somebody who doesn't have OCD ever, the moment they get rejected, they're like, that's the one thing I need. Why won't that happen? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's psychotic. Well, you know, I do it too. We're, we're, we're talking about women, uh, comedians, you know, look at uh, just, just look at general discussion about women comedians across the country. You know, uh, someone like Amy Schumer, who's really big right now. Uh, 99% of the conversation, just look in any internet comment thread or, or wherever you want to go, and and you're going to see uh, if it's a male comedian, people are talking about whether or not he's funny. If it's a female comedian, it's whether or not she's attractive, and the funny part maybe comes afterwards, you know, or might not even come up at all. Right. You know, like the exactly. focus is so much on who she is, what she does, and 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 how she looks, and you know whether or not you know she can be saying these things because of her level of attraction, you know, because of who who she, uh, what she looks like, not necessarily the her scrutiny talent. That a woman as an artist has to go under professionally is completely different than a man. It seems like a man in the arts is expected to do what they're doing, whether they're an artist, a musician, a comedian, whatever it is. But a woman has to be scrutinized to see whether or not she belongs there. If she's pretty enough, if she's attractive, if she's funny enough, if she's whatever enough. There's something That's exhausting. It is exhausting. And I'm, it's tiring to see it happen over and over again. But how, how, how few famous female comedians are there really? I can't, I I can name name like five. five. Yeah. I mean, well, it, but then when you go to, you know, how many famous female musicians are there? It's always like, you know, hey, check out, you know, Taylor Swift on the cover of, you know, looking real haha. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's what they have to do. Like, you can't, like, Taylor Swift can't show up in a muumuu and still be respected. <laughs> you know what a muumuu is? Yeah. I'm getting close to the age, I'm getting close to the weight of having to wear one. <laughs> so I'm very familiar. Well, I, you know what? I would actually, I want to slightly disagree with that, but okay. okay if Which you're part? Like, my part? No, no. Oh. Well, I don't know. As far as... Um, disagree. Look, this is looking, fun. Well, yeah. Well, it's okay. <laughs> I like playing devil's advocate here. Um, as far as, you know, appearances go, I think that as far as like a comedian, maybe a poet, and more so a musician as a female, you know? Yeah, they're going to be judged at by how the way they look. I still think that guys are judged by the way that they look. You know, in, in both cases, both extremes, it's always like, guys have to be super strong and buff and blah, blah, blah. And that's how what a girl's going to like. And then, you know, girls have to be super sexy and like figure eight and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think when a guy gets up on stage and their comedy, 
you know, you, they just listen to the content. And then when a girl gets on stage, I mean, for that like specified mm-hmm. um, occupation, if you want to call it that, I think they are looked at for both their content and how they look. But first, how they look. And then it's like, oh, if this girl's not hot. My ears are turning off right now. And just like, <laughs> <laughs> close my eyes, shut my ears off. I'd listen more if she was prettier. But yeah, <laughs> but you wouldn't necessarily do the same thing if an unattractive guy walked up to do comedy. Yeah. I think that regardless right. that people would listen. I think about that. I, I'm gonna, but in other I'm professions, stay as quiet as possible. <laughs> but then in other professions, I think that music-wise, I think guys are judged by how they look too. Um, it's just like I mean, a different are, standard. I, I mean, they are to a point. And I, you know, like uh, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know what I mean? Like one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm not trying to say that looks are trash, but like something that I don't find attractive, somebody might find attractive and it's just I I think it all and it I was going to ask the question I mean do you think it's societal where like you know deep down inside you know we're not consciously saying you know oh that guy's not attractive or she's not attractive I'm not going to listen or I'm not going to pay attention I you know I think subconsciously like maybe you know what I mean where it's like you know if you yeah, say something and you're like, oh, I didn't know I was racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I had no clue that that was. Sometimes I think that's part of it. You know, I you know I, we're like, we're, in, we're like everything we see. Like, I mean, that's I just read an article where it's like they did a study. Sex doesn't sell, actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, let me let me put it to you this way. Have you ever seen a fat comedian who doesn't make fun of the fact that he's fat? No. Or she's fat? Ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. No. They always they have to address that. And the reason they have to address that is because well, no pun they intended. have to they have to talk about how they look for it's almost like they have to get up and make an excuse like before before I get to the the the, the regular jokes that aren't about me and my uh, whether I or not I'm attractive or whether or not I weigh a certain amount of of, of pounds or whatever uh, let me get out of the way first and break those barriers down by accepting the fact that yes, I know you're thinking that I'm fat. So let me make some some jokes at my own expense to break that barrier down, and then we can get to the other stuff that's about other things. Well, that's calling stealing the thunder. You're, yeah, you're taking it to not allow the audience to do it or, or think right. about it. Right. So I see a lot of I, I do see a lot of female comedians who do the same thing. You know, they'll they'll maybe you know like Amy Schumer for example does that a lot. I mean, but that's, but here's... Where but, she's but, talking about her looks or her weight or her whatever, you know, because she's listening to what critics are saying and kind of throwing it back at them and that sort of thing. But it's just sad that she has to even start off by doing that in the first place, you know? I, but look, it's sad that we have to pay taxes. Right. <laughs> you know, it, those are just things that like, if I walked up there with one leg, yeah, you know, I'd obviously have to address that. Right. You know? Like, I'm sure, like, Dave Grohl broke his leg, and I'm sure he's going up there every show being like, hey, guys, I fell off stage. This is why I'm sitting in a throne of guitars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not, but I, I you know, and, and that's, the, that's the thing. It's like, you know, un- unfortunately, we don't want to live in a shallow society. Right. We're not going to change it. Right. You know, we might be able to educate and inform and allow people to be like, hey, what you don't realize is that person upstage that just up on stage that just tried to entertain you or did entertain you for the last like 30 minutes. Like they go home, like they shower, they write, you know, they have a job just like you do, Mm -hmm. you know, like the guy who's, you know, or gal in the audience who's, you know, show us your wiener. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like that's what people don't realize because they're, you know, I'm going to impress my friends for, for 
you know, a second and a half and my friends are going to laugh and we're going to go home later and be like, hey, you really told them. It's like, no, you didn't. You know, you're just a dick. Yeah. You know, the thing about dick is it, it, it transcends gender and race. <laughs> the you're thing that I notice first at an open mic is just if they're grabbing my attention, really, if, if they know how to like work the stage, like if I could think of like, you know, if you think of like Freddie Mercury or like Michael Jackson, you know, the people that really know how to like command an audience, so to speak, you know, that's what's going to get my attention at an open mic. If like you get up there and you're either like really, really shy or it doesn't even matter to me how you look, because like I'm really trying to use my ears first. And it's not saying like that's the way everybody should be. But like just for me personally, I think that's what I try to notice first. And I don't care if you're like the most beautiful person on the planet if if that at an open mic that, that's the kind of thing that's important to me and if I don't hear that first I'm probably going to be like looking down well yeah like if Julia Roberts went up homing and was like <laughs> you know confidence is contagious that's why you know if you go up there and you own it I don't care what you are or what you look like that audience is going to go because that's part of the battle is winning that audience right you know whether you, I don't care what you're doing whether you're a comedian a poet a musician like it's tough for poetry because you know People just don't understand it. The majority of people. I know that we're both poets, actually. Uh, no, I mean, so what? So, I mean, how much crap do you like? Where do you guys? Where do you guys poem? Poem? <laughs> where are we like at? Well, I'm kind of new to the scene, so the first open mic night that I did was the fundraiser for this Grand Zine Fest, um, which Jess was running. Which Jess was running. That's how I met Jess, my best friend, Jess Muni. Um, so a timeshare. Yes, <laughs> we vacation together. Yeah. So um. So wait, that was the first time you did it. That yeah, was the first time I met. So her, this is so. going to be my. So I mean, you've subsequently done it more, correct? No, this is going to be my second time. At oh, the okay. Girls' night on Friday. So, <laughs> but so you. So I mean, you really did anybody give you crap at any of them? No. Well, the the one that I the only one that I did, you know. Um. But I have gotten rege- a lot of rejection letters from like literary magazines and stuff. So, you know, well, that's the other. Th- it's like fashion. Like, who's the three jerks in New York that decide like, you know, what to wear? Like, what's in what what's in style this season? You know what I mean? It's not like I wear this. I've had the same outfit for twenty years. Nothing's <laughs> ever changed. Yeah. Gigantic spider. Po- poetry is so objective. You know, I mean, just like any art, really. So, you know, it. it, it you know what? What you say might not, you know, it might not strike some anything with one crowd, and then another crowd, you, you know, they're they're captivated. Well, you, I, you, I, you don't know, you know. And I think the important thing about about poetry is like, don't stop because you never know. Like, there's nothing. I, I don't think there's anything more in the world more special than being able to connect with someone you've never met before. Mm. I think that's amazing, and you don't know when you're going to run into that person, and you don't know when it's going to happen. That's why you got to keep doing it. Like she, you know, you could you could do 48 of these, and on the 49th, somebody comes up and like, you know, that that poem might, you know, in your opinion, not not work because you don't hear an audience reaction. But you know, you might have that one person who's like, you know, if I didn't hear that today, yeah, you know, something, I don't know what, but you know. It just helped me see things. You know, that's it, that's mm-hmm. why music is important. That's why, you know, art is important. That's why poetry is important. That's why Spanish is important. <laughs> Espanol. Sí. Tapatio. Okay. <laughs> so what do you ladies write about? Well, I actually, I mean, I do write Hecklers. about... Hecklers. <laughs> <laughs> I write about men I hate. No, actually, well, maybe a few. But... Uh, <laughs> But um, me too. Uh, great. I also, 
Um, I write about kind of like everyday occurrences, but my stuff is more like um, playing with the the stylistics of the words themselves. I'm the modern day E.E. E. Cummings. Thank you for having me on the show. No, actually, <laughs> um, you yeah. said it. When I was interviewed for the Weekender like a couple of days ago, the guy was just like, "So, uh, Jess, you're a you're a comedian, right?" I'm like, "No, I'm actually a poet, but thank you." <laughs> Um, I'd love to try and go up and do stand-up comedy, but I just can't think of anything I would actually say. But, I don't know, maybe one day I'll I'll try it out. The one thing I do want to read during my set on Friday was, uh, I have this book that's from the 30s, and it's supposed to uh, be a guidebook on how to write letters to people. What? Yeah, it's like the strangest thing. And there's all all these, like, specified... Um, categories that you can choose and one it, like super specific like you are a son and your uncle died and it's like <laughs> and it, it's like this is what you should say in a letter and be like dear uncle Jack Jack dear uncle Jack uh, well wait he was the one that died right so wait, <laughs> wait, I'm sorry died? you are dead dear aunt Flo <laughs> yeah dear aunt Flo we are sorry of uncle's passing like they the, the language that they use is just so funny but the one that I really loved uh, that I came across was something like um, one couple and another couple are planning to go to like a, a, a play or something but they have to write months from now because you know there wasn't the internet in the 30s so they had to be like <laughs> dear male. Mr. and Mrs. Smith we are sorry we cannot attend the theater in three months I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's like they have to like wait and wait for their letter to come back so I just like I was just thinking about how everything today is so rushed and how like they had to wait for this letter to come back and like they really had a plan ahead so I really like this I was like I have to pick out stuff from this book and read this that's fucking insane don't you think no I need this book (laughs) yeah but here's the thing you write that letter I write letters like this but what happens they write back uh, dear blah 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 thank you for the letter that's fine. Maybe another time. Sincerely, Edith and Jonathan Winterborn. Yeah, it's so it's so formal. Like the whole book is just like really formal letters, and they're just so funny to read now because you know. Like, and now we're so in the casual. world of sup. <laughs> well, I've had like text messages and and like you know internet conversations that have gone on too long, where people like you're, you're trying to end the conversation, and then people keep messaging you or whatever. Imagine that in letter form now, like when you're like, okay, I'm done writing you. This conversation is over, and they're still like, okay, so then what are you doing? Two months from then, and then you have oh, a ba- you have Jesus a- Christ! I just, like I like, wanted to stop. But back then, do you think like if you if you send like eight letters and you don't get a reply back, they're like, I wonder if they've passed. Yeah, probably <laughs> right. Died. I wonder if they're gone. <laughs> and then they send like a condolence letter. <laughs> like, well, you know, I guess you you would have way better excuses as to oh, well, I I didn't get the letter, you know, because it it got you know uh, the 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 postman died. Yeah, <laughs> I got polio. Yeah, yeah, right? Polio wouldn't really prevent you from writing, though. That would just affect your... your it was emotional. They didn't want to deal with anything. had polio. Yes, polio. yes. The postal service isn't allowed to have polio. <laughs> yes, it, it was Express. back then. <laughs> so who's performing? Um, I am. She Me? is, yeah. Well, I know you. <laughs> I will be performing. <laughs> Jess will be performing. 
I will also be just, performing. Just us two. There's, um, we, we did this like count. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be us all night, folks. We'll be here. See, you are funny. <laughs> I try so hard. Um, there is. Now you um, know what it's like to be a man. <laughs> I, God. Just want to play video games and smoke pot every day. Why will no one talk to me? Why? I just want to watch all the cool, hot girls play video games all day. I sent her 48 Facebook messages and 17 Twitter hashtags. <laughs> I don't get it. And six angles of my dick. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she's dead. Like a, three, a 360 version. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we calculated this, right? We calculated right? this like right before we come here because we're like, they're going to ask us. Oh, so we should find that out. So we have four. Oh, who's four playing? Or how many dick? How many angles of a dick pic? Uh, can how you many get? dicks are gonna be there in the room? We should do that. You know what um, you should do, honestly. Anytime, some, this is what I do. I, I always tell people, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna send you a dick pic, and then I send them famous people named Dick. <laughs> so it's always like Richard Dreyfus, <laughs> Richard Nixon, and they're like, I don't get it. And oh I'm my like, god! Aw. I'm gonna keep sending them. No, there was like, we did like a five, four, three count. So there's no. It was- I wasn't five. Yeah, yeah. okay. Five they're five poets. poets. Yeah, four, four comedians, comedians three, three musicians. Musicians. Yes. Um, do we remember their names? Do I remember their names? Probably not their full names. Alicia Kulik, that is me, <laughs> and Jess Mayoni. <laughs> she is next May- to me. Mayoni, if you want to say it like that. Mayoni, like my teacher. Mayonnaise. Jess Mayonnaise. Two down, Alicia ten to go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, my friend Jill Chero is gonna play. She's funny. She's a funny girl. She's funny girl. Is she a comedian? She is a comedian. Okay. Um, Michelle Cohen is a comedian. Granted, I just want to tell you, I have never met most of these people, so this is gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's first come, first serve. Yeah, they all they all signed up in advance online, right? Yes. Okay. They cool. all come to me and say. Jess, I have nowhere to go. Let me play. And I'm like, yes, you will. <laughs> now, you Get said there. there's going to be another open mic night in August, so people can sign up for that yes. one. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's basically like who fills the spots first. I don't, I didn't ask anybody to come up. So, is this your second one? This is the first. August. The second one's second. August. I'm uninformed. <laughs> there is, um, eh, there's a bunch of people on there. Some of them you may know, some of them you may not know. Ali Pika is going to be performing poetry. Um, who writes for any PA scene? Who writes for any PA scene? And what do you have? Like all poets? Alicia Kulik for you? and Jess Miani. <laughs> hey, they, probably have the names yourself they, right there. They need work. <laughs> Use the internet in your hand. Uh, let's see, uh, Nikki Cat uh, Benko. Sure, never met her. Okay, uh, Jackie <laughs> We're real Carter. Excited. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Monica Noel. I know uh, Monica. Hi, Monica. <laughs> Angelina Petrillo. Uh, Ak- I don't know how to say that. Ar- Akira Arika? Kurosawa. Yeah, right. Uh, Arika, I'm assuming. Oh, Erica, Whittle. Yeah. Is, oh, Eric. Is that? Is that oh, it's Erica Whittle. It's two, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who's doing music and who isn't. Okay. I should have said that as Erica's doing music. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Erica's doing music. Uh, let's see. Is she good. Erica does music. We, met, we mentioned yes. Jill. Uh, we mentioned Michelle. Uh, Macaulay Glenn? She is doing poetry. Okay. And uh, Chelsea Taylor. We know Chelsea. Yeah, I love Chelsea. She's in uh, Pity Party. Yep. Yeah, one of my favorite bands ever around here. <laughs> I hear them sometimes. What do you mean you hear them? Oh, rehearsing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they yeah, played yeah. at the uh, the Scranton Zine Fest, which you also organized as yes. well. Yes. Uh, Pity Party's amazing. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like their little cheerleader. 
How is this different from putting together uh, something like ZineFest? Um, it is far less work. <laughs> um, the Zine Fest is like an entire production of securing a lot of things. Um, with this, it's just more general marketing. Maybe I'll hang a few flyers, do some social media, word of mouth. Similar to Zine Fest, but it's, Zine Fest has to be like more far-reaching, I guess, because I do gather most of my people from Philly or New York. My hope is that, you know, people around here will make more zines and there'll be more local people. That's always a hope. But um, there's been a few that have come up lately. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Um, yeah. And you also have a, a, a zine yourself. I do. And What's a zine? What's a zine? What's a zine? What's a she zine? Gets, she, she What's pro- a, I what's think... I think I think Jess has answered this more than any other person in Northeast PA, possibly the world. Possibly. All right. What's the opposite of a zine? Uh, a magazine. Okay. Actually, so basically, it's just people sitting around talking. <laughs> well, usually I have to say it's like my hero magazine, but that's not really what it is. I actually just did my whole thesis on a zine, to be honest with you. Um, so we're going to be here for a while. I could give you like a mini history if you want. Mini. I like mini histories. Mini history. Okay. That could be a whole segment on this thing. Lauren's actually Lauren's actually trying to do the mini history channel. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, I want to be there. Um, so zines used to be, they stemmed from pro mag. So like the word kind of changed a lot. It was in the thirties when uh, kids really liked science fiction novels. So, I mean, if you were thinking about HG Wells was coming out at the time and well, kind of more like the 1800s, but kids were growing up with that Asimov kind of stuff. Asimov and... Yes. Yeah. Like science fiction stuff and then stuff like uh, Jules Verne. Right up my alley. 20 Leagues... Yeah. <laughs> yes, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So stuff like that. So like adventure stuff, space stuff, like... And eventually went on to like horror stuff. Um, and a lot of these magazines that were coming out at the time, kids were reading and it was specifically marketing their audience. And so they wanted to write just like the professionals. So that, that that's why they were called pro-mags. And then soon, so they were the fan base, so they started calling them fanzines to mimic what they were writing. So they'd create, oh, their, they'd okay. create their own stories, uh, mimicking their favorite authors and whatnot. And then um, later on, uh, stuff came out like chapbooks for poetry. A lot of people you know, wanted to create collections of their poems, so that was kind of like in the beatnik era. Um, and then later on... In the 60s, it was huge with underground newspapers, a lot of uh, student groups and civil rights movement. Uh, that All like kids that were like at universities would make uh, these really colorful underground newspapers that were basically zines. So it's basically like an amateur way of making a magazine, but they don't like considering it a magazine because it's usually out of their own pocket. There's not usually advertising. There's not a L'Oreal ad. There's no L'Oreal ad. There's no Maybelline ad. It's kind of good. (laughs) Uh, It's just like all self-made and uh, it's it's usually not like high production or glossy or anything like that. It's uh, It's significantly, what's that? It's better for the environment. It's better for the environment. You can't recycle glossy paper, (laughs) FYI. Really? That's, yeah. Oh man! I've Why been do I throw in the recyclables? For a long time now. Should I throw in the garbage? I don't know. I have no answer for <laughs> well, you. Well, most glossy paper <laughs> magazines I'd rather throw in the garbage. Anyway. So continue with the history. Um. So <laughs> it was like a lot of like amateur design production that was used in it. Whatever that they can do to get it done. So if, like DIY. Yeah. Like if so, if that meant like sneaking into like a place that had a Xerox machine, like the school or the office or something to get it done, that's what they did. And so it was they, criminal. It was slightly criminal at times. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then they usually don't make a profit from it either. That's the other thing. 
they it's just kind of out of the love for writing or yeah, you do it because you care that's it you do it because you care and all the corporate machines that fuck make em. magazines fuck them but you know eventually a lot of zines turned into magazines and then became glossy and whatnot but you know I can look at that from the analogy of like you know bands that you're like I knew them first and like and then they go on and make a lot of money and then you're like but I knew them first and like you know well then it should be like hey good they're they're making success in their lives you should be happy for them so I mean there's people that still make zines do you look at that as selling out or making a living to me it depends on if they I guess change their music so drastically that I don't like them anymore Then, then then to me, it's not really selling out. It's more like, I just don't like you anymore. Like, okay, I'll bring up the example. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Love the first five albums. When I mean, they were younger too. And then when they got like older... Up until Blood got, Sugar Sex Magic or after? Just up until. Well, like, including that. But like, uh, the next one, no. <laughs> what was that? Red Hot... One Hot Minute? One after Hot that? Minute, yeah. yeah. There's been a few good songs here or there. But like I said, like their whole sound kind of changed. They got older and they slowed down. And so, I mean, like, you know, but that's going to happen. So whatever. And they might want to try out some new stuff. But I guess the gist is what I'm making is you shouldn't be mad that, you know, they gained more fans and they made more money because, I mean, that's their living. living. That's their. Yeah. I never liked that term. Making a living? No, selling out. Selling out. Yeah, like like if you like, let's say you wrote a comic, right, where the where the main protagonist is is you know like a really like you know, like like let's say you made a a comic out of Ripley from Alien, you know, a real strong female character or whatever, and then you know, Corporation X wants to buy it, and they're like, no, we're gonna make it a man, and he's a womanizer, like that's selling out, that's yeah, like going yeah. crazy, but you know, unless it's like a, a polar, like a total 180 shift from what your original intention was, because you got to make concessions everywhere for everything that you do if you want to make money. Especially if you're working with other people. You know, the, the more people that you involve in a project, the, the more concessions you're going to have to make. Which is funny how zines later progressed because then in the 70s, that was basically like the social networking of that time because it was highly affiliated with like the punk culture. And, yeah. Um, that's when, I mean, like once you see something that's like really Xeroxed, the Xerox machine, like through my research, I found out actually came out in the 30s, which is pretty crazy to think about. But it wasn't really like highly used until the 70s, which is why most zines have that high contrast black and white look. Um, and like, you know, people would record cassettes and whatever and review bands. And that was how that all worked. And then in the 80s, they came up with like more of a, a mailing art system where instead of just passing out zines in the local community, people would gather addresses. And then by the 90s, they came out with like perzines and uh, the Riot Girl movement, which brings us back to today. Yes. Uh, look at the irony here. Um, so, yeah, so perzines are when um, it's more like your own personal. If you think about your diary being on pages, it's you're not so much a fan of maybe the situations that you're going through, but it's more like your personal feelings down on a page. And, you know, um, there's a really cool zine from a girl that used to live here that lives in Philly now. It was called uh, Defila, or like Dracula, but Defila. And she's deaf, and so she writes about her experiences being deaf. But it's a really cool zine, but she actually used to live in Scranton, but now she lives in Philly. So um, the Philly Zine Fest is actually coming up in a few months, I think in uh, November. So it's really cool because she's usually tabling there and I'm always like, hey, I'm that girl from Scranton. Coming to see you. <laughs> but yeah, so like the Riot Girl movement then kind of brings me back up to why I named it Girls Night with the three R's. Um, 
because that stemmed from how the the hardcore movement in the 80s was a pretty violent atmosphere for women to be in, I guess. And um, I actually had this documentary that said something really moving to me once, which was uh, this one girl said, you know, why are all the women hanging out in the back of this show? And the one guy responded to her, well, they're the coat racks. They're really? just they're just holding all the guys' coats while they all like mosh and stuff, and um, so I thought that was kind of profound, and uh, yeah, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> I kind of rambled. So I'm I'm assuming you're looking to change that idea, you know that that yeah, uh, it's like perception. The same, it's the same kind of idea, but except in more of a not a concert atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, if you want to think of it that way. Um, and the the whole girl 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 idea it like stemmed I think it was like the late '80s early '90s and it actually stemmed from the idea that there were these bull riots that were going on in the streets of um, Washington D.C. Bull yeah like a bull like running of the bull like kind of something like that and so what? so then they thought either like like animal girl and then girl riot that's kind of where it came from the word kind of like transitioned. And gur meaning like what? Getcha. Yeah, it's it's strange. There's a whole like history to the word itself. So so you announced this thing, and then from what I understand, there there was some controversy, so to speak. Like there were people who were actually like didn't like this idea or were against this idea of of, of having an all female event like this. Uh, yeah, I actually. Wait, when did you announce? It seems like everything happened so fast, which is like I'm like so confused by it. But I think I only made. I don't know. Do you remember when I put this out? Maybe like a month ago. Maybe a month ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was talking to someone recently and they asked me why I have such a bad reputation with the male comics around here. And that really puzzled me because I thought I was friends with m- many of them. I didn't know that people disliked me. And it's kind of weird how like your world kind of changes when you think <laughs> this whole time. Like, yeah, the, you know, even if they're not your friends, they're your acquaintances, you see them out places and you're like, yeah, we're cool. We talk and stuff. Yeah, we're and not impolite. Yeah, yeah. Like we're just having, you know, great conversation, whatever. You go home and do your thing. And then when this person like asks you why you have a bad reputation with them, like, what did I do? Like, I don't even what like I was very confused by that and then so our conversation went further into oh well it must be this thing you're putting on at Ale Mary's with all the girls and I was like what really (laughs) yeah so it was slightly vague but it was uh just specific enough for me to get pissed off at the idea that they have such sad lives that they care that much that it's an all woman's night then make an all guys night I don't care go ahead What's the point? Well, yeah, but what, shouldn't that shouldn't that kind of empower you? Be like, let them hate. Well, we're yeah, gonna do what we're gonna the, do. The thing about feminism is that you know you're supposed to encourage both men and women. That's the whole point. The word gets like so misconstrued. Well, they think I it's stri- strictly female oriented. Yeah, and like you know, it's all for women's rights when it should be for. I mean, like, and I can bring up like a number of occasions, but I'm not gonna bore you with them. But the the point is, if they feel strongly about, it's not supposed to be a division. If they want to create their own night with just guys, I'd be for that too. I so you don't think if they were like all guys only, you wouldn't be upset? I wouldn't be upset because it's their right to do that. I'm confused. <laughs> That's what equality is supposed to be about. Yeah, they might uh, say terrible things at the event. Yeah, maybe women are going to say terrible things about the guys at an event. But isn't, but isn't by definition that's exclusive? 
Well, here, here's the way I or look. Or exclusionary? Let, let, let me, I don't know what word. Let me, let me put it to you this way. I don't know English. Uh there's a lot like there's a lot of confusion about the whole like uh, the the uh, you know the black rights movement that's going on currently where it's you know all all you know people are saying well all lives matter not just black lives matter you hear that a lot um, uh, with people who don't understand why why are people saying black lives matter and not saying all people that doesn't make any sense that's exclusionary this and that but the the issue that they're saying is yes of course all lives matter but the idea is that the black people in particular are having major issues that need highlighting at the moment. They're the ones being oppressed in a certain way or dealt with in a certain way that isn't fair, that's exclusionary. So the only way to highlight that is by doing that, by saying all lives matter. You're basically just saying, well, no, we're all on the same level. This this issue isn't happening at all. We're just going to say that everyone's having the same issues. And I can tell you for a fact, as a, a, a white guy, I do not have the same issues that black people have. I have. I do not have the same experience in America that black people have. And I know that from meeting black people, talking to black people, and doing even two seconds of fucking research. So people need to understand that there is a need for that type of thing. And so I kind of see this in not exactly in the same light, but in a similar light where it's like they're, they're, they're as again, as a white male, I don't really deal with that kind of discrimination. I've never walked into an open mic and been sexually harassed or, you know, told, you know, judged by the way that I look or anything like that before I even say anything and stuff like that. But you hear that stuff. I see, I hear it from female friends. Uh, we've heard some of that tonight. You hear it all the time and it's supposed to be just brushed under the rug. And, and so I think something like this is just, saying, you know, for once, let's, let's, you know, let the women be in a safe place. Let's let them be the star for the night and, and, uh, and maybe bring up the fact, you know, maybe that does lead to a, a greater discussion about, okay, well, what are women going through? Well, what are the issues here? You know, that sort of thing. And that's what I, that's what I think that movement is, is referring to. Isn't, go ahead. No, go on. I might say shit that's going to really get me in trouble. So oh, if me you want to go, right. go me first. Too. Me too. I'm, I'm, <laughs> All right. We're going down a rabbit hole. All right. Here. Yeah. So, so let finally, me... finally, let me be a minority in this room. Okay. <laughs> it, 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 I've, had, I've had police in a home pull four handguns on me for no, absolutely no reason and put me on the ground. Sure. At the back of my head, I had 445s pointed at the back of my head. I'm not saying that's at, that that's comparable. Right. But not a lot of people can say that that's happened. That is of my. Right. Ilk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think I, I don't know. I think I think when you say when you say this is just me playing devil's advocate. These are oh, not no, my, I'm also these are not my advocate. these are not my opinions. <laughs> I want to make that totally clear. But but, you know, seeing the reverse side of it, don't you think that you would get more traction with all lives matter? Don't you think that you, you should get more traction with all inclusive when you when you start to pinpoint the differences, then that's what people notice. So if you say, "Oh, it's Black lives," "Oh, it's Asian lives," "Oh, it's," I'm whatever, talking when- more about the intention of it in the first place. I don't think anyone sat there and and said, "Well, I want to to focus on Black people and fuck every other race." No, no, no I'm not saying. I'm well, not that's saying what I'm. That. Sa- that's what. That's how people are taking it, and that's the problem. Is but- it's not. They're not saying that all lives don't matter or that other people don't go through it, that white people aren't treated badly by cops or that this and that, that doesn't happen to other races. 
They're just, just saying that it, this is happening here now to these people. So let's focus on that. Like to me, it just it it, it mud, to me that muddles the conversation. Yeah, because but, but also th- this is the conversation and, we're trying to have about these people and what they're going through. And then it just becomes a well, everybody goes through that. So then it just gets brushed under the rug. Well, well, all cops are like that, and we all deal with it. So who gives a shit what you're but, talking but about? Just, or but just what you're going through. But right just now. like how I'm naive and what the definition of feminism is. Because I didn't know it was like, well, let's all male and female, which sure. I didn't, which I didn't. Realize. Yeah, you can be a male and be a female. Yeah, but, but but what I'm saying is, is what I didn't realize is that. But when you try to to compartmentalize this one idea, right? Then that's what they see. In other well, words, when you go when you go Black Lives Matter, sure, that's all everybody's going to see. Not understanding the subtext or the true meaning of it, but mm-hmm. then when that's the hashtag, right. That's what that's what people see, and it's not people's fault. It's just that what that's what they see. They don't have time to research and well, look into and do all this. I mean, stuff. that's the problem, of course, of taking like a complex issue and trying to squish it into a hashtag. You know, so I mean, you know, you can't have a conversation with a hashtag because you no. can't have a conversation in 120 characters or 140 characters. You know, like it doesn't work that way. Devil's advocates. I think I'm going to be worse than you, actually. Do you want to go first? You go ahead. Okay. Lauren's well, usually the voice of reason. Well, so. I'm going to try to be as reasonable as possible, at least as reasonable in my mind. So um, the other day I came across this post that basically said something like the top 10 things that white people will never understand about black people or something. And when I read that, it just made me feel like with like this whole entire movement that's going on, it makes me feel like um, they're kind of overgeneralizing both races. Sure. Because they're basically saying that every black person is poverty stricken and it doesn't have an education right. and everything. And that's wrong on that part. And, and then on the other end, it's saying, you know, like, oh, white people uh, can always get ahead, can uh, are, you know, well educated and always in like these great positions. And the, the point is, like, I don't think I think both races experience similar things. And regardless of their race, I have lots of friends that live in the projects. They don't have good lives at all, and they're white. Sure. And they experience terrible things every day. So, I mean, like, I think that's wrong to say, like, you know, every black person is, like, you know, they're going to do drive-bys and stuff, and look at this hard life they're living, and blah, blah, blah. You know, we can't say that all one race is experiencing all these evil things, and all the one race is experiencing all these great things, either. I think... Like, like, no, you were my saying. life's is, but, but you know, my life's a struggle, but in different ways. You know what I mean? Like, what did Chris Rock say? He goes, You know what black people are afraid of? Poor white people. <laughs> <laughs> because those are the ones, they're afraid of Asians? No. They're afraid of you? No. I don't know. You did this. <laughs> you know what all black people are afraid of? Lauren. Um, and that's, but those are the things that we don't talk about. Those are the things that, like, you know, I heard, you know, which brings us back to, it doesn't even bring us back to it. it brings me back to it is is you know like I, I like Bernie Sanders and I like him because of all these reasons that we find problems with where it's like you know it's not just a black issue it's a, it's, it's an education issue it's it's it's, it's a class issue it's really. a class issue right. it's yeah the problem of this the, the inequality of 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 these different spectrums of America we and that's and that's and that's gender and race too it's everything yeah it's it, it's it's uh, sexual orientation is sexual identity it's it's gender it's it's uh, cultural heritage it's all these different things but most of all it's how can you survive in the society and provide your family with any of the advantages that is afforded to 
not even the majority of people anymore. The majority of Americans are living below where we were expecting them to live a decade ago even. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming harder and harder for anybody to get that leg up. Yeah, and we're not, and and you can definitely come from a point of view with friends who live in low income, like, and they're going to do whatever they can to survive, not, it's man. It's not about cultural heritage. It's it's has people, nothing to do nothing with it. Nothing to do. It can be people of, of of colored skin. It can be Caucasian people. It can be immigrants. It can be people who have been here since the Revolutionary War. Irish, Italian, Polish, and Jews have heritages. Right. It's, they all stand separate but, from everybody else, and no one bats an eye about it. Like it's not an issue. There can be Polish American clubs. There's Lithuanian American clubs. Yes. There's, it's, it, it, there's so there's so many different perspectives of America, and that's the great thing about America is we kind of just accept that this is this is who we are, and we all get along with our own kind of whatever identity. And what's is. wrong with a night celebrating women? <laughs> Nothing at all. Men are allowed exactly. to come, right? Yeah, definitely. So this opens yeah. the door for men to enjoy females. Highlighted. Which goes back yeah. to it's what I'm saying before. I, I think I think everybody in the room was ready to, to to jump on me before you realize what I was trying to say. Is what I'm saying is is that you know sometimes it's okay to talk about one specific topic and not just say, well, everyone all deals with problems. So therefore, I feel like that what that does is say, well, then none of the problems really matter, and we can't do anything to change those problems because we're all on the same level, all dealing with our own problems. No, I, I, no, think, I, I think I think I think it's important to highlight maybe let's okay for for five minutes since this is what's going on in the community and this is what people are talking about. Let's talk about that for ten minutes. Let's let's have this conversation. No, I then think, we can have another conversation about something. Else. I think in the context of what I was saying to you was more a generalized like I'm I'm tired of the pop the the populace kind of narrowing this down to you know ones and zeros. It's sure. on or it's off or it's you know there's a lot of life is a parfait, man. You know everything has a lot of layers. It's just right. like it's 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 like a medical condition. It's like oh well you have a cut. You know, if you're treating the cut and you're not cre- treating the inside, which is where the root of it is, and you're not focusing on it, then that's the problem. You get the antidote, not the cure. Right. But, but that comes. I don't. We weren't disagreeing with you per se. I'm just saying that this to highlight women right now. It's important to do that every so often. To do that all, exclusionarily all the time, obviously, that would create a problem, as would creating an all-men's event all the time. That would also create a problem. Create an all-white event, of course, that creates a problem. However, That's called television. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's important to celebrate a, a heritage of some sort or a, a bond or one, cer- one thing that connects everybody. It's a common denominator. It, it is. And especially when it is, it, it causes such problematic things when you're in the general public. But here's, but here's the stupid thing, right? If we're going to have a brunette night, <laughs> would it matter? I'm asking you. It would be more problematic if you had a blonde-haired night. <laughs> Why? Well, it's all see because you you have preconceived notions. Well, exactly. But okay, the, the one thing I was going to bring up, what you actually explained, kind of like changed my perspective on that. But the one thing see I was fast. Felt- <laughs> well, and I never heard that uh, like definition of it, so that was pretty interesting. But the one thing I always go back to really is like you know, if you say black power, that's that's empowerment, that's community. You say white power, you're a supremacist. You can't do stuff like that. You can't say I love it my can't white be a double community. Standard. Yeah, yeah, sure. you can't. But you can go, I love my black community. That's that's so. It's we, kind of weird, weird to me because yeah. white saying white is a guilty, dirty word. 
It's so strange. It's problematic. To me. It's, it's problematic. problematic. Well, just saying like how you said blonde. Blonde is associated with stupid. Is every blonde person stupid? Oh, that no. wasn't that wasn't oh, what really? I was suggesting at all. Actually. Oh, really? No, I was actually. It was more of the Aryan thing. Was oh. where my that mind was went. not even fucking relatively close <laughs> to where I was going. Well, what were you thinking? I was just thinking a night of brunettes. Wow. No, but when she said blonde. Which I thought she. I thought she had the conceived notion that blondes are stupid. That's, I, that's I what thinking, I meant. I was thinking of the Aryan race. <laughs> that's Jesus <saying>. Christ! <laughs> See, it's funny. Okay, it's not funny at all. But it's, yeah, like, <laughs> it's funny how you like but, just like jump to. But like, like, like it would be. One, that's, that's the quantum leap you made. <laughs> However, having Zing Heil, there is a thing called Redhead Monday, and that's great. RHM, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, look up RHM on Monday. It's all redheads. They just steal your soul. Most, it's mostly models, and that's that is not fair. That they steal your soul? They are not. No, only cats do that. Soulless. I never said they were. You just implied it. I was making a joke off of about whatever. redheads who can't help that they have red hair. They were born that way. I love red hair. I, yeah. Me too. <laughs> I'm fine. Are we good? Isn't that a, isn't isn't that a, you know in danger of dying out at some point? Just because it's on the internet doesn't I'm mean it's sure. true. <laughs> Blond, actually, blondes are dying out. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's only yeah, but it's uh, D Y E. Some there's something. <laughs> oh man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think only. Wait, I'm getting chastised. You went to the Aryan race, and I'm getting chastised for the dad I joke. Something between six to fourteen percent of the population actually has blonde hair, whereas a generation ago, forty percent had blonde hair. I just Here, thought you were so funny. You were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not stupid. It's the Aryan race. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought my assumption was a little less. Ow. <laughs> That's why she, that's that's why that's why Laura and I are such good friends. Because nine times out of ten, I'll look at her. Well, maybe not that often. Two times out of ten. A fifth of the time, I'll look at you and go, what? <laughs> and you're like, you know. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> not know how you jumped to that you you just like took the chessboard and jumped to someone else's <laughs> chessboard i think it's awesome because we were talking about white supremacy two right, sentences right, yeah. ago uh, i don't we were talking I think blonde, about oh, i think like like oh i don't know social math like stupid night or something <laughs> that's what it, see but that's never that's what we all thought didn't we because there's I, no correlation between hair color and intelligence right there shouldn't be it's just in their actions jokes about it all the time <laughs> There shouldn't be, but someone decided one day that they had a stupid blonde friend, and then forever everybody had a blonde moment. Well, because it's because it's <laughs> well, TV I and I know one TV and we have a feet TV and film take those. I, I did a music video on Friday, right? We had um, it's an archetype, but we had six girls, right, who were on this like faux dating game, and there was one girl who was like super duper blonde. Yeah, she's the one that almost hit my car. <laughs> she wasn't. I don't think she was driving. Somebody so Aryan of her. I so Aryan. <laughs> That's so she, ni- she was too busy Sig Highland. Yeah. I'm like, that's so 1943. I don't know why you're... Um, but when I said to her, because it was supposed to be like the cliche stereotypical of what, you know, what these, what, what girls could be. So like there was one girl like playing with her hair, one girl on her phone texting, one girl doing makeup. Because they were, they were supposed to be, it was totally like beyond stereotype, beyond cliche. Um, and the blonde girl, I was like, well, what do you want to do? And everything she did was like that's a, that's what I'd expect a stereotypical blonde to do, and she knew it. She's like, "All right, I'm going to do this stuff," and I'm like, "Like the stereotypical," and she goes, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Okay," you know, because, but that's what we're ingrained to think, you know, clueless. Yeah, 
we're all led to think that like girls that you know have money or blonde that live in Hollywood or Bel Air are just like. And then, and you know, that can affect, uh, you know, the, the way that, uh, you know, both men and women, you know, grow up into that, you know, idea. Like, you know, I've known, uh, you know, like, like for example, I, I knew a blonde woman who was very, very smart, but she almost played dumb all the time because that's kind of what was expected. You know, you, like you get, you would go, you, you know, like she would have a conversation. It's like, I know you're smarter than this. Why no. are you do, like, she would talk to, to some people differently than other people because it was like, you know, this, it wasn't accepted to, to, to be intelligent in front of these, these types of people because they wouldn't expect that. I know a girl that was, that was blonde and she dyed her hair, um, to like a very dark brunette. And I had to ask her the question after like a couple of weeks. I'm like, are people treating you differently? And she's like, honestly, really differently hmm. you know which was my little social experiment question to ask her is you know what, what was it like before you were an area like when you were an Aryan and right. now oh my god <laughs> you know but 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 even she's like even people on the street people i don't know are like treating me differently that could go back to a race as well i, I mean oh like yeah that i went into high school with maybe there are Every race can live up to a stereotype of what they are sure. stereotypically in society. Right. Um, and so I even, okay, even in high school, I knew a lot of white girls that wanted to be in groups of uh, black friends and they felt the need, they thought like they all had to have almost this like ghetto attitude with them. And I have, to, I have lots of black friends that don't act like that at all. But then if you look at like, say, the Obamas, would you like, would America perceive them as being like white or something, you know, in quotes? Well, white. You, you constantly hear that, that he's not black enough. Yeah. You know, just and, for the record, he's African American. <laughs> he is. Okay. But you, you hear, you hear it from, you hear cute. from, I, I've, I've heard that from white people and black people that, you know, he's not black enough because he doesn't act black right. or, or things like that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah. what does he, he have to do? Black? Yeah, exactly. This comes back to I think it's just, class, though. It's, yeah, right. it's just, none of this has to do with racial or whatever, ethnic identity. This is completely down to class. Ghetto has nothing to do with cultural heritage. Right. That is literally, a ghetto can be an Irish ghetto. Right. It can be a Filipino ghetto. That's right. It can be a Spanish ghetto, uh, anything. Any number of just not not gentrified areas of squalor and, that, and poverty. And that term comes out of Nazi Germany, right? The ghettos? The, uh. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just asking. <laughs> You're making me feel really bad for this. No, no. I'm very sorry. No, that don't wasn't be sorry. No, it was abso- it was absolutely appropriate. We're I'm the, not what I said. Power. I'm the blonde guy who's part German, and you're saying way worse things. <laughs> yeah, my last I'm I'm <laughs> my last name's Denebaum. You know, I was either I was either on one side or the other of that conflict, depending on who you ask. <laughs> Okay. okay. So, I forgot right. where I was going with this. Because I ruined it. You did. Well, yeah. let, the, let, no, you said ghetto me... isn't class. It, it is class. It is about class, not not cultural identity. Right. Right. Well, let me let me ask this uh, just about 
feminism in general, because I, I think now it's it's very difficult to say that you are a feminist, because if you say that, it just it there, there's a wrong idea of what feminism is and 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 how people talk about it now. And I think a lot of that is due to a lot of these so-called internet activist people who uh, you know go online all day and they have nothing better to do than fight and argue with people on the internet constantly about everything and pick things apart to like this absolute extreme level where it's like they're they're over analyzing every bit of pop culture and turning everything into uh, some sort of soapbox uh, uh, wh- whether it be you know about race or or gender or you know social class or whatever and so I feel like you know so, uh, feminism in general has been kind of degraded a little bit by that but it's hard it's hard to say anything about femi- feminism in general because there's so many different types of feminism that exist very true there's right-wing feminism there's left-wing feminism there's centrist there's it it, it it varies even within it, it, its own self mm-hmm. it's it's hard to just say you're a feminist do you do you, do you hesitate to say Absolutely. say that word or do you, oh. do, you, do you hesitate to tell people that um, I don't. I I mean, like, <laughs> it's kind of like a, I, again, like the word throws people off a lot of times, but it's so strange to just be like, yeah, I'm against equality. I think that's a weird thing. Like, why would you be <laughs> against? And then like a lot of people go in the I'm a humanist direction and stuff. And mm. I don't know. I My whole thing is you don't have to be out there and just like parading around and, and screaming that you're a feminist. You could show it in small ways. You can just, you know, if you're a good person and you treat everyone with respect, that's all I care about. You don't, you know, make snap judgments about them and you just get to know them. I think that that just makes you a great citizen of these US of A. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah. Like, right. That should be in the Constitution. So. That's the fucking T-shirt that everybody should wear. Like, any time of these marches should happen, it should be like, don't, don't be an, be an asshole. asshole. Yeah. That's it. I don't think there's anything... Like, Unless, honestly, like... But that's the problem. If you're an asshole, usually you don't know you're an asshole. You think everyone yeah, else but, no, is No, 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 but, but, here's, but here's the problem. Like, you know, when you're talking about these soapbox people, like, they get up on their thing. Like, even though they're fighting for something righteous, like, they're still being an asshole. You have to ask yourself, right. would Mr. Rogers be proud of you? <laughs> Well, that's that's the problem is, is, you know, some sometimes and not always, that's for sure when with with those types of people, but sometimes they're actually right. You know what they have to say is legitimate, but you're never going to get anyone to listen to you by presenting it the way that you are. Right. You catch more flies with honey. Don't be an asshole. Right. At the end of the day, that's just don't really be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the honey. That's what I do. That's the honey. I'm that never going to get honey. anybody be the like, you know, shot. hey, asshole, come here. You know, hey, could you please come over? Like, there's nothing wrong with being polite. There's nothing wrong with being kind. There's nothing wrong with saying please and thank you. Nobody fucking does that anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm angry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, 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 your event, like, you know, I'm assuming that you felt the necessity to do this because, you know, people, there's some assholes. Yeah, there are. And and not not all of them are at all. No, not all. Um, They're a vocal minority. Yeah, they are. And it was like, in general... Uh, for me personally, I was never sexually harassed, just to point that out. But I just felt like, in general, more women weren't getting up. And I just thought if there was an event that was, you know, specifically calling women out, then women would come up. It was just, that's, yeah, just to celebrate them. And that's if true. this leads to them getting on more stages later on, right. then mission accomplished, right? Yeah. If they go on to do open mics that are just regular open mics, then all the power to them. That's what they should, we know. We, I mean, we know comedians, you know, who are male, you know, who are, you know, th- no matter where they go, like you're, you're gonna have assholes, right? You know what I mean? And they're gonna, you know, 
like Dan, like people bust his ass about his weight. Like people like, you know, or, but or like, like, you know, Zach's eternal curse. Like he's a great comedian who can do a whole set without, you know, it, but he constantly gets interrupted every time. Every other time I see him, there's some asshole in the crowd and they'll be quiet the entire show. But all of a sudden he starts talking and they have to just jump in in the middle of whatever the fuck he's saying. Because, it's because so irritating because Zach is so good that people are paying attention. And when people start paying attention, the guy in the audience is like, ooh, now's my shot. Right. Like I've been they, waiting my whole life to yell at this comedian in a room full of people. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that never works in their favor. Like, there, there's at no point where everyone's like, ah, you know what? That guy on stage was pretty good. But that guy over there who screamed out in the middle of the whole thing and interrupted it and ruined the show for everybody, that guy's awesome. I want to go get his autograph. I like, dated, I dated what a the gr- fuck? I dated a girl once who we went to Wisecrackers. And she yeah. started yelling at the comedian, like man, 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 like what? And I looked at her and I'm like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> She's like, "I'm just having fun." I'm like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah, you're having fun. You're ruining everyone else's. Yeah, fun. Yeah, you're ruining everyone else's time. Like if you pay to go to a thing, or you know, if you know that specifically that's going on that night, this is the problem I had with with NEPAC and Got Talent thing. Mm-hmm. Dudes up on stage doing poems. Shut the fuck up. Right. Don't be an asshole. Well, it happened during everybody. So, you know, every time the musicians start playing, the, the see the the music gets loud enough. So then people think, oh well, I can talk, and it's okay because music's going on. So they're not really going to hear me talk. So I can talk and talk and talk and talk. And it's like, just shut shut the fuck up and listen. Like I get that you can hear and talk too, but like look at the stage for ten minutes. You know what I mean? Like it is a presentation. There's part of the you know it's it's not just uh, an oral uh, you know a uh, 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 you know an oral thing. It's 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 something that. You, you take in with all the senses, you know, it's so annoying when I see that, you know, like just stop and watch for, for 10 minutes. Like there are a million other things you could you could talk about afterwards, you know, like I, I don't see why people have to do it like right then, right now. Your friend's not going to die. You can tell him later. Right. It's it's so stupid to me. Like, I feel like that's the whole point. Like, people will go out to the movies, and then they're staring at their phone half the movie. It's like, I you, will go you paid, crazy. You paid to watch the damn movie. Just watch the movie. Same with a concert. They record you know? the whole They record the whole thing on their cell phone. My God. Like, stop recording. You like, know who the worst one is? Experience it. The iPad guy. Oh, oh Jesus. God. Yeah. It's, it's huge. You brought a fucking television to, to the goddamn <laughs> show. Turn it off. Right. Um, what times What times everything start on Friday? Eight o'clock. Till uh, question when the mark. cows come home. <laughs> Every, uh, everyone gets uh, a 10 minute slot. They could either use less or not more, but less. Sometimes they don't have enough material. So just go on to the next person. But um, yeah. So doors, so doors are like 7, 730. Um, is, is, is there a cover? No, it's free. Really? Yes. The, I only ask the people like buy stuff from Hail Mary, so they let me do this again. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. I know I thought immediately of you. But you know, you know, I would like to take this moment in time to uh to thank Rich actually, not to end the podcast right here or anything, but I actually met a lot of great people and it kind of felt like a little family after a while going to all the open mics. Sometimes they were like on the nights that I taught and stuff, so I couldn't go, but the nights I did go, I was just like even if it was like the same people going up all the time, I'm like, this is great. I don't even care if they're set as the same. <laughs> right. Well, there was a good camaraderie there. Yeah. It yeah. is. It's really supportive. And like, yeah. you hope that they go on to like other cities or states or whatever and help to share their talent with the rest of the world. And you know, we did get a, a, a decent 
female turnout to a lot of those, you mm-hmm. know, but I, you know, and, and, but I always wish for more, you know, mm-hmm. you always want to see more. So I think what you're doing is, is really cool because it's, it's going to encourage those people who might be intimidated, you know, and for, you know, as, as someone who reports on the scene, I can say that most people in every genre, whether it's, you know, art or music or whatever, most of the people that are doing stuff around here are males. Right. And I think the females get drowned out a little bit by that. Right. You know, there's just, there's so many of them and it's not to put their, them down or to say that the females are automatically more important just because of their gender either. Right. But at the same time, like, I feel like they kind of get lost in the boys club mentality a little well, bit. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening around here and probably has happened all through history. Um, it's just a sheer fact that there's probably more males doing something. It's not necessarily like, oh, well, we're not highlighting the women enough. It's just more women are just not getting up there for whatever reason. Mm. Maybe you have to put a venue out there so that they do go up there. So they're encouraged to just go on to regular stages all the time. If they need that, then that's great. I could provide that for them. But the point is more of them just have to get up there. It's not guys saying, hey, don't get up here. We don't want you up here. <laughs> it's just they're not taking the action and doing it. Yeah. And I, I kind of did this to find out why. I know mm. some of the reasons, but I wish I knew more of the reasons. And I just think in general, it's, you know, maybe they just want to, they feel more comfortable sharing their art around other women. I don't know if there's just some more of a support system that way. I don't really know, but I guess I'll find out Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited? Yeah, I'm really excited. There's... You know, according to the land of Facebook, there's about 100 people coming, which probably means like there's 50 people coming or less. But I'm still happy if there's 10 people in the room. <laughs> and where is Ale Mary's? It is on Franklin Avenue. Yeah, it's not a street, right? Franklin Avenue. Wow. Uh, downtown Scranton. All right. So before we get to the last word, the world needs to stop being an asshole. <laughs> yes. Just want to let the world know that. That's my that's my contribution. Alicia, to the, do you have any last words to say? Uh, Alicia Kulik will be at Girls Night. <laughs> Check me out on Facebook. You're Check an amazing out. self-promoter. Thank you, Alicia. Check I told her she should so, be a comedian. Alicia. Kulik, K-U-L-I-C-K. That's me. <laughs> Come to my house. I have cats. We'll pet them. <laughs> How many cats? Four. Wow. Four big ones. <laughs> one's, I come, one's I come a little tinier. Cats, cats are the death Fuck of me. Fuck you, man. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying I don't want to come over. I'm just like, if I want, I just, it's just Sneeze City. And I don't know why. It's okay. It's worth it. They're nice. Yeah. And I do dog sneezes, which really confuses the cats. Mm. <laughs> do you ever see a dog sneeze? Yeah. It's my dog sneeze. like that. It's yeah, weird. It's, a, it's my dog sneeze. That's incredible. Yeah. Just, I mean, in case you ever, I'll let you know next time you can film it in slow-mo. Okay. So you can just see me go, oh, <laughs> Good. And then like spittle. Or do you, do you ever see the dogs do like the what they they actually call is the backward sneeze, where they they they're it's it sounds like they're coughing, but it's is just, that a backward sneeze? Like when they go like, like that. <coughs> yeah. Oh really? They, that's what they call it. Yeah. I there was I, something in the throat. Well, my because uh, my dog does it, and I I wanted to know why. Like, like and so I looked it up, and a lot of people refer. I don't know. I it's probably not the official term of it, but you know it's you know. I usually thought the sneeze was to expel something. You would think, right? That's more like a, an aggressive inhale and a choke. Right. <laughs> My all dog right. does it all the time, though. Do your cats get fur balls? Yes, they do. Isn't that disgusting? It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, do let's you, get to... Do you write poems about it? No, but I could write one just for you. Yes, do it'll it. It'll be this Friday. Those are cool to say. This Friday, oh, yeah, Mary's, Alicia Kulik will be there. 
<laughs> now, wait, before I just want to say I am very new to the local art scene. I've lived here like 20 years, but I'm new to the art scene. Are you a transplant or were you born here? <laughs> uh, I'm a transplant. From? Binghamton, New York, but I was like That's two years right. old, so I don't remember it. That's all right. Um, but I just want to thank Jess for putting on this um, this awesome thing. Like I met her through the Zine Fest, and I thought that was really cool. So um, it's nice that she's giving local artists like an outlet. So yeah, That's so hard. Thank you. Yeah. Check her out on Facebook. Check me out on Facebook. Alicia Killer. As we say in Italian, Facili, bro. All right, man. What's up? What do we have? All right. Well, I figured since since this is the the topic we're talking about, although I think one of these comments was definitely uh, re- uh, referred to earlier in the the podcast, but uh, I figured I you know we we got a lot of good reactions from uh, uh, Alicia, who's one of the readers, did a uh, uh, a story on uh, just a quick you know little Q and A with Jess on the on the site. So uh, uh, Frank commented, uh, there are lots of uh, very talented ladies in the area. It's cool to see them being encouraged to get out and share their skills with the community. So that's really cool. And Jay Dominic kind of said what we were referring to before. Sounds cool, but curious if there was a men's only and it came out first, would there be an uproar? No. No, I, I'm. I, I don't. I don't think there would be. And it's almost like, like I mean, you can read an internet comment. These, yeah, but these, yeah, want. but these are the things that we'll we'd sit around, you know, smoking cigars or you know having a barbecue, going like, yeah. But if there was a, you know, if the woman thing and then the guy, <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> it know, comes I mean, off. As. Think, yeah, you know what I mean. But like, yeah, a little, you know, that's what it comes off as a little bit. I think a lot of these comments come from a good place that they're just, you know, there's no second step. Right. <laughs> you got to think that a lot of concerts in and shows just happen to end up being all guys, nobody really thinks about it. Sure. Well, I mean, look, black, white, polka dot, red, male, female, Caitlyn Jenner, as long as you're doing something and it's positive and it's not negative and you're not destroying anything and you're trying to create and, you know, bring people together, I don't give a shit. Let the haters hate. Hashtag all artists matter. I, you know, I personally hate artists, <laughs> but yeah, they do. You know, that's the thing. Like that, that, that's the thing. Like that people don't understand. Like they, you know, or maybe they do understand it. Um, you know, you go to IKEA. Everything that you buy at IKEA, somebody had to design. Somebody had to come up with. Somebody had to make. Somebody had to take it from their brain to the assembly line or whatever. And I, to me, that's art. Same when you thing when with you a create something. Water. I don't see. The actual bottle? This, this physical bottle was designed. Oh, absolutely. By somebody. This sure. This label was designed. Yeah. This, this ribbing was designed. It's everywhere. So art's, art's everywhere. So anybody anybody who's like, eh, art, it, it's everywhere. It's on your iPhone. It's on your Galaxy. It's on your computer. It's on your sofa. It's on your, trust me, your bed. There was a Close. lot of man hours. <laughs> on your dashboard. Clothes. Well, they're from other, you know, less fortunate countries. Your clothes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Or pencil, China. Your pen. Yeah. How many different versions? Your, er, your ergonomic office chair. This chair sucks. That's not ergonomic. So no. we're, we're just naming things now? <laughs> I'm just trying to point out, like, it always pisses me off, you know, where it's like, you know, art's everywhere, man. Like, anybody who wants to, you know, naysay art, you can't, man. It's everywhere. Everything that you do, everything that you see, everything, that you, everything that's tangible, unless it's moss... Then it's God's art. And Moss is beautiful, too. Do you know what the other thing is? I mean, for anybody that's like, 
a naysayer, then they should go and do their own thing. I hope that th- that gives that guy total empowerment to go and make amends. Well, that's why that's why I don't like Monday <laughs> See, morning quarterback people with like, oh, that movie sucked or that album sucked or what. Like, oh, all right, do one better. Do one that you like. Do one that you're not going to be disappointed. And they never do because it's really easy to be. It's easy to be negative. It's hard to be positive. Word. What were you going to say? Well, I just I don't know if I agree with that. Like, if somebody. Which part? <laughs> All of it or just some yeah, of it? Yeah, I've been or... silently sitting here like, <laughs> like <laughs> boiling. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to fucking kill that guy. He's going to send well, the cats on you. Yeah. I don't know. If somebody came thing. up with like, oh, well, I'm going to do a guy's night, you know, it's like, but, but that, why are you doing that? But somebody that? who did like, that, I, I honestly think if somebody did like, hey, guy's night, that's a shot off the bow at you guys. Yeah. I, so. And, is and it, there's nothing, is it, there's is nothing it, wrong with it. But is it necessary? That's well. That's see, that's my the question. thing is, like with, um, like with girls' night, like we're specifically highlighting issues that girls in our community are facing. And so, if you're gonna come back and be like, "Well, let's do a guys' night," and it's like, "Well, what issues are you facing?" You know, like right. So I don't do know. A, do you have a problem with the vagina monologues? No, actually, I've I've seen it. And I've uh, very much enjoyed it. Do you have a problem with puppetry of the penis? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I would. Okay, now. If there was a man thrown into the vagina monologues, and if there was a woman thrown into puppetry of the penis, mm-hmm. it would be weird. There would be a lack of understanding. Does right. it Does it make you feel better knowing that a man created the tampon and the woman created the condom? I'm just throwing that out there. Does it make me feel better? Well, I, wait, wait. Well, let's look at it this way. Genders don't matter. <laughs> I'm very happy a woman was involved well, in the process of creating a condom. <laughs> if, if you're talking about that kind of art, though, like if you're talking about like theater, for example... Um, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking yeah. about it. Like that one is specific to sure. females. Mm-hmm. The other is specific to males. No one has a problem with it. Sure. You oh yeah. I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I could only hope that the boys' night was so super tongue in cheek. It was nothing but fart jokes. And, <laughs> right. And ridiculous potty humor. Who let you into our club that night? <laughs> That's all we do. No, men are very. You know what I mean, though. It's it's funny because you know what when when I think about it, like That's stereotypical. As that was as awful, as right? as strange as this might sound, I would probably feel more comfortable at the girls' night than I would at the guys' night because if if the guys' night is full of the typical guys that I'm thinking about, I hate hanging out with guys like that. Like I mean, that's why, like, yeah, like ninety percent of males, like, I just I can't be friends with you. Like, not, a just, of, it, not a lot of bros just, go to artistic things. Yeah, well, true, but that, and I think that's what it would be. It would just be a well, bunch I of guys sitting around, like. That's what you were saying, though. If it was done like out of like spite of the thing <laughs> right. I'm doing, it'd be, but if like say I didn't do girls' night and some guy was just like, "Hey man, let's do guys' night," then it'd be like a yeah. positive thing. But then, I, I don't know, maybe I would think the same thing if somebody did it in retaliation to, like, hey, a girl's night. But, you know, it shouldn't be a battle. We should just really be celebrating the fact that there's people that want to get their ass on stage no matter what they are. What if a woman threw the guy's night and it was just a celebration of the phallus? <laughs> I'd be down for that. That would be cool. I'd be down for that. I'd go. I'm serious. Okay. Like fat, like phallic stuff. Yeah, just like like, and here's my here's my toy version of the Washington Monument. Well, that's a it's a really big thing in like art galleries and stuff to do like you know history of the the phallus and the fan phallic symbols throughout history and stuff. A lot like of dick that. in so, history. Yeah, lots of dicks. Lots of dicks in history too. <laughs> but you know, no girls allowed goes all the way back to the little rascals. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's, it's been ingrained 
Oh, how long? It, it started with no. Little Rascals. Well, we had to, there was, we nothing, had to work, there was no, no. I was trying to use it as an example very of hard <laughs> to get past no girls allowed though. To be to be to be fair, the whole this whole feminist movement has to do with the fact that there was a fight in the earlier part of the last century, not even the earlier part, even to the middle part of, middle part of the last century. Well, like the 30s, right? To or even well, later. Even later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Women didn't get the right to vote till like the 40s or mm-hmm. the 50s. Correct. But the only thing that people don't understand is like we would have never won World War II if it wasn't for women. Right. But the women were the ones, you know, Rosie the Riveter, which is probably a very shitty portrayal of a woman. Propaganda. But, you know. But, you know, the, the, the war at home, so to speak. Yeah, but you know, besides it, be, behind every great man, there's an even greater woman. But right after the war, they were they were relieved of their jobs. They couldn't work anymore. Well, because everybody made tons of money. I don't know. I watched history too. It might have been during don't Ancient Aliens when they said that. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. That channel. I think, I think what you, I think what you're doing is awesome, and I think you should do it more often. Are you going to do it more often? Yeah, as long as Al marries lots of me. Oh, well, so I'll have to move it somewhere else. I don't know. I like doing stuff there because I, I like that the Franklin room, as they call it. Move it to my house. I have cats. <laughs> and and Twizzlers. Twizzlers and cats. Wait, what was the other thing? Twizzlers? Oh, Twizzlers no, what? Cats. Oh, Twizzlers? No, we were eating um, Sour Patch Kids that oh, one night. Those are delicious. Kids, yeah. yeah. Only drink them with milk, though. Yeah. Otherwise, your mouth's just like, oh. You neutralize. No milk. Shuts it down. No milk. Shuts it down. No milk. No milk. I'm vegan. lactose? I'm vegan. Oh, you're vegan? Should we start a vegan discussion or is that too? No. (laughs) That's a whole other show. But we can have you back. I would love to talk about it. Do you want to come back for the vegan conversation? Yes. We'll have you and our recording engineer, Angelo. He's total vegan too. I would like to have that conversation actually. Every time I get food here, I look at Angelo. If it's like a Big Mac or a Whopper, I'm like, hey man, can you eat that? I try to figure out what you can eat. I eat a lot of weird things. You do. And I'm vegetarian. Are you? <laughs> eh, nobody's perfect again. Oh my god. <laughs> I do it in a heartbeat. It's just it's just a really difficult regimented lifestyle. It's very and I'm sure after easy you get used to it, it's easy. Lifestyle. Very easy. I just can't. <laughs> easy. Did you know that the cartilage from, from pigs ends up also in asphalt? That's interesting. Well, yeah. we don't eat asphalt, no, so I think we're all right. But I'm just, it's its just pervasive. That's one of my favorite words. Which? Asphalt? Oh, my God. <laughs> Anything with ass in it, really. You just love well, it. Especially when you, especially when you blame Wait, it. Rich, could I, could I tell them about the, the, uh, the horror event at all? Oh, yeah. Bit? Let's throw in, yeah, a, qu- do that let's and throw in a quick plug before, okay, before just, we... Okay, just uh, a quick listen. thing. Okay, so I'm also behind Electric City Shocker Theater, which you may or may not have seen on the interwebs. I think I agreed to go to that. On the face on the book of the face. Oh yes. Um, so October seventeenth, Ale Marys. See that? See that? Um, we're going to be showing four VHS movies, all horror, all the time. On a projector or a tube TV? <laughs> it's on a projector. Because if you're going to stay legit, I know, right? Yeah. Well, the funny thing was there was like a floor model. <laughs> there was actually this like very specific VHS projector that had like a built-in VCR, and the only one I found was this guy on Craigslist that was from Texas, and he like refuses to send it to me. He's only sending he he only put it up for a hundred dollars. I'm like, look, nobody on the planet wants this thing but me. And I've tried like five times and he's just like, I only take this to local people. I'm like no one's going to buy. Do you want the money or do you not want the money? Do you want to get rid of this thing or do you not? 
I'm like pleading with him, like, take my money. But he, he might, still doesn't care. He might live in a bunker hiding from the immigrants. <laughs> Maybe. So. But anyway, so... That's the 17th of October? Yes. and But before that, so we're going to have like trailers and hilarious commercials, depending on the decade of the movie that we're showing. We're going to put like commercials in it that reflect the time period. And let me gonna, tell you, that McRib commercial from 1984 is hilarious. The McRib commercial from 2014 <laughs> is just as scary. <laughs> uh, make sure you play, um, it's a, like an eight minute documentary called The S from Hell. I'll look that. I don't know what that it's is. It's on YouTube. Look it up. Okay. Yeah, there's but, people who have logophobia. It's amazing. Oh, man. That might be interesting because I'm a graphic designer. But yeah. right before that in September, September, the tickets are going to go on sale for the event. We're going to have like a, a horror movie Jeopardy, basically. And the prize is to win tickets to the VHS show. But um, so people that like really think that they know their horror movie stuff, we're going to give them a quiz initially. And then we're going to pick the top three to be the Jeopardy contestants. And we're going to do like Jeopardy, Double Jeopardy, Final Jeopardy. And I'm going to give the um, people participating as the competitors etch sketches to write their answers on. Oh, no shit. So I think it's going to so be it's, pretty fun. So it's a real long night. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like... What is- Friday the 13th, part seven. I was in until you said Etch-A-Sketch. Really? Because if it turns you off, then I'll get something else, like paper. Etch-A-Sketch, for me to draw a square is 12 minutes. <laughs> well, it's good to know, because I thought it would be like this fun thing, but if it's going to be difficult to write on, maybe I won't get them. Yeah, it's going to take forever. Yeah, then you're going to have to play the Jeopardy song like 17 times. <laughs> I didn't think to get do, that, do, but I should. Do, 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 do. Well, I want to say from all of us, thank you, and keep on keeping on. Don't stop doing what you're doing, and um, ooh, uh, and come back for that. Awesome horror, horror, which I'll fail at. Horror. What's the name of the event? The horror event. Our like, if you want to call it organization, it's not really, but it's the Electric City Shocker Theater. And um, like, we planned on like doing like smaller film events throughout the year. Stuff. Are you going to show Shocker? We are not, but it's in this intro thing that we made. It's Peter Berg and Mitch Pelleggi. That's pretty cool that you picked up. We made this like Electric City Shocker Theater intro thing that goes right be- be- before it. And there's a scene from that in it. Good. I'm glad you picked up on that. <laughs> really shitty movie, but good. Oh, I love Shocker. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but since I was so busy with grad school, like for the last almost four years of my life, we weren't able to do like smaller film events, but we're going to try to do that soon. So aside from like the marathon, if you want to call it that. That's awesome. You guys good? Cool. Yeah. Thank you for all your time. I know that we're crazy individuals. And no, you guys are completely normal, actually. Oh, well, we'll try harder next time. Yeah, try harder. <laughs> Except for the Aryan Brotherhood. I'm sorry. But- <laughs> Stupid. Wait, I thought you meant Aryan. I thought I redeemed myself. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Blonde people. Stupid. You just snorted so loud. Just for the record, we all love you very, very much. Lauren. Oh, that was great. Love you more than so you will funny. ever imagine or know. So thank you so much. Thank for being you. Here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Guys you. Are great.